Sisters in the Shadows is in aid of Nordif Robbins. Nordif Robbins is the largest independent music therapy charity in the UK, dedicated to enriching the lives of people affected by life-limiting illnesses, isolation or disability. Their music therapists are expertly trained to tune into each movement, reaction and expression of the individuals they work with to discover how music can enrich their lives. They are absolutely brilliant. But they receive no government funding and so rely on the generosity of their supporters. Charities like Nordif Robbins are really struggling these days and need your help more than ever. As a musician and a music lover, I know firsthand of the healing powers of music. It can lift your spirits, unite people and touch your heart in ways nothing else can. And the amazing therapists at Nordif Robbins use that power to help some of the most vulnerable people in society. If you love music and care about people, and I know you do, I ask you as a proud ambassador of Nordif Robbins Music Therapy Charity to help support their important work today. Just go to nordof-robbins.org.uk to find out more. That's nordof-robbins.org.uk. Hey guys, how you doing and happy Christmas. Um, we can still say happy Christmas because there are 12 days of Christmas. We're only in the fifth or sixth day, I think. So legally, it is still Christmas. So happy Christmas. <laughs> Welcome back to Sisters in the Shadows. This podcast about women in blues and jazz. I'm Colette Cooper. Yeah, it's been a while since we spoke. Um, well, it's been an incredibly busy year for me, I've got to say. Um, as you know, or you may not know, we had a brilliant, successful run at the historic old Red Line Theatre with our play, Tomorrow Maybe My Last, and there's more news on that in the new year. We're very excited. Ooh. And I was also very busy uh, producing and writing a Christmas album called Dark Side of Christmas, and thanks to everyone who's streaming it, it's brilliant. I'm really, really touched that people are liking it and hearing it on the radio. It's really, really touching because I've got to say, you know, the whole team worked very hard on that. But still, even though I'm a busy woman, I still wanted to fit in and make time for an episode of Sisters in the Shadows. So before I introduce my next amazing guest, what I'm going to do is make a little winter cocktail because it is Christmas. So I'm going to be using Cremanti rum. This cocktail, I thought it lends very well to the new year. Dark and stormy, okay? This is very me. So this is a very, very good New Year's Eve cocktail, I think. Very good winter cocktail. I'm using Cremanti, Cremanti rum, which is a fantastic, fantastic rum. I'm a rum fan, but this particular Cromanti rum is amazing. So this is a, a family recipe. It's a family-owned business, actually. And it's a family recipe, which is quite secret, but I'm going to spill the beans. They can sue me later. Anyway, the recipe is of tamarind, which is a plant, nutmeg, and cinnamon. 
and uh, it is just gorgeous. So I'm just going to add, let me get that ready, I'm just going to add some ginger beer. You can use ginger ale as well, but I'm going to use ginger beer for this. And then a little bit of ice. Oh my God, that smells unbelievable. A little bit of ice. And that is dark and stormy. Let me have a taste. That is so good. <gasps> Cromanti rum. Love that. Okay, so I'm going to introduce um, my next guest. And as I said, I've been really busy, but I still, I found time to, um, to fit in an episode before the new year because I wanted to just kind of briefly look back at the music scene um, this year, 2022, and no better person to talk to than the incredible, amazing Mike Flynn, who's an incredible musician himself, and he's also the the editor of the best jazz magazine out there, Jazzwise. To be honest, we're the only one left in the UK, and yeah, yeah. Jazz, Jazzwise is... Uh is is known internationally and and we have a lot of friends and readers all around the world so yeah, yeah. absolutely it's a great magazine and oh, it's very you. yeah it's no it really isn't it was founded in 1984 is that right oh uh slightly after that no actually, oh, okay we, we did our this year was actually our 25th anniversary so we the first issue of jazzwise came out in 1997 yeah in sort of like march april time jazzwise actually had a life before that yeah started by charles alexander it was more of a, a music education business and the music and the magazine came out of that but right so it's, it it has been extremely well established for a very long time now but the magazine 25 years and and counting and and obviously um we're That's really brilliant. happy to sort of hit that milestone this year no it's absolutely brilliant especially you know as we know things have been tough with um you know the magazine industry because absolutely you know they've been closing down left right and center especially through um and because of the pandemic definitely just cannot afford to keep the publication alive and they have to and the only way is through you know online but you still have those hard copies you can still yeah. go and buy which is what i do i go and buy hard copies still yeah. um so how have you managed how has jazzwise managed to keep that going because yeah you know lots of magazines huge magazines i'll just say you know one um gq's had to close you know just yeah, well now we we sort of i mean we're very lucky we we kind of uh, we were independent for many years but yeah. then actually got acquired by the mark allen group in uh sort of nearly 10 years ago in in 2013 so right. next year will be our 10th anniversary with the mark allen group wow. and um, mark allen the chairman of the company is a huge jazz fan and basically knew charles alexander who sort of basically was the kind of very founder of of, of jazz wise as a business as a name as a thing and um you know long story short mark was a huge fan of the magazine and when it came yeah. up for sale um around sort of 2012 um Char uh, you know mark was was very interested in it and and set about kind of acquiring it and and actually we've sort of led the way with mark allen group as a as a consumer magazine as a one yeah. that's actually out there on the shelves and um you know and you know he was we've done very well with them and then yeah. because they got jazz wise they then bought gramophone magazine and also oh. songlines magazine and oh, so okay. and there are some other titles like um international piano and opera now 
that are also publications that are also part of the Mark Allen group. So there's a whole stable of about six or seven music titles within yeah. the Mark Allen group. Right. And and they they do all sorts of strange stuff like have lots of business to business magazines. They've got a hundred magazines. Uh, wow. They do lots and lots of other things. So you wouldn't necessarily know that looking at jazz wise. You just you think oh, this is this is a, a great music magazine and blah blah blah, and it has a very strong identity. Yeah. And that again, I, I want to give pay tribute to Mark Allen and and the, and the company and that they let us carry on with it. They don't interfere and they trust us to to produce a magazine every month. Absolutely, because it does have that, uh, like a grassroots, a feel to it, like a real sort of independent feel to it. You yeah. think it'd be part of a sort of a mass production, which is which is great. And it's really good of them to allow you just to Absolutely. You know, carry on that way. That's yeah. really, really good. And what yeah. I love about Jazzwise, you know, it's really very supportive of you know up and coming artists and, and signed and as well as signed um as well as celebrating the established artists and the legendary mm. artists and i think that's a really good mix yeah but i've seen all the over the years how supportive they've been and and i think that's you know very very important um tell us some what how did you get involved in the magazine because you're an incredible musician i don't know your background in terms of journalism or mm. What, but how did you get involved? And you've been you've been an editor for seven years, and that's quite that's a that's a big job. You're not just sort of yeah. being a writer for them. You are practically running that magazine. So how did you get involved in that? It, yeah, it's a funny one. I mean, I was I I actually studied art. I, I'm a right. fine artist. That's my ah. sort of like my background. Yeah. So I yeah. started out as a I studied fine art at Falmouth. I uh, got a, a degree in printmaking, fine art. Got wow. a two one. Got very yeah. uh was really into art and I, I i was always you know just had a natural kind of affinity for it i kind of you can tell you, know, that. you can see that I, I always had this artistic streak but i also did start playing music very young started piano at age seven moved on to the drums around age 10 11 yeah. and then picked up the bass around age 12 so definitely had that always there in my life as well but um music was always a sort of thing i, I just kind of really i don't know i just I, you know, my parents didn't have particularly big record collections. They weren't yep. musicians, but any music I heard, I just was just on it. And I just loved it from from very early on. And, and yep. I, I grew up in the countryside when I was young and I was best place I, to grow up. Well, yeah. And uh, and I and I basically my dad's record collection wasn't that big, but he had some key albums in there. He had a little yep. bit of Stevie Wonder, some Pink Floyd, those sort of things. I'd put, you know, like Pink Floyd's The Wall. I'd put that on the headphones at age seven or eight and just listen to the whole thing. And that's going to have an impact. That will definitely have an impact on a seven-year-old. <laughs> yeah. And and I could and I appreciate some of the lyrics were a bit dark and a bit whatever. Yeah. But musically, it was amazing production, beautifully produced, incredible sound, and 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 all their records tend to sound brilliant. And it, and it gets in your DNA. And also, when you're saying, you know, your background's fine art and um, – mm. I think art, you know, you can, it's under one umbrella, you know. Oh, definitely. Um, if, if you like creating painting, art and music and writing, it, it generally is under one umbrella. You tend to be like something else within that. Definitely. Yeah. I'm the same, you know, I do lots of different things under the whole umbrella of the word art, if you like. And I think yeah. it also helps. I think if you yeah. do one thing, it will help with your music. It's just, and I love to meet people who, 
are eclectic, you know, eclectic that mm. way. You know, they're, they're very, oh, yeah, I also paint and I also play the piano and I also sing. I love that. And I think that's really good and should be encouraged more because mm. I feel this country especially is very much, hmm, well, what do you do? You're an actor or you're a singer or yeah. you're a painter? Well, I can be anything I want. You know, exactly. it's it's all under the same roof. So you grew up in the country. Mm. But whereabouts did you, whereabouts? Well, I mean, funnily enough, I grew up in Gloucestershire and I'm actually, yeah. I've actually moved out of London this year. So I'm yeah. kind of back back in the shire back in gloucestershire again oh, um man. which is which is lovely and you know I, I i was born in london but i've i always i grew i was sort of raised in the countryside and you know i i've spent the best part of 20 years in london and just really yeah. felt like it was time to go and and you know thank god we, we managed to kind of get out before the kind of crap hit the <gasps> fan with the mortgage rates and all god, that so yeah. we yeah, so we, we 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 timed it well. Um, and... Do you feel like you can breathe now? You know that feeling when you get out of London because I personally would love to now just go and live in the country. And mm. you know, I've got friends there, and we, you know, and my family lives up north in in Cheshire. And when you go and you you really actually do slow down, you feel like you can breathe and you get your head around definitely things. feel like um you know i've got more headspace to, yeah. to to just sort of like you know stop worrying about all the you know because if you're in london especially if you're a musician you, you do feel like you can be chasing you know those gigs and those opportunities yeah and you're running around all the time and you know you're and that and, and i've done that and i and i really enjoyed that process and it was and it was great fun at the time but at some point you need to sort of be able to go you know what? I've kind of moved on from these things. They're all yeah. still great things, but yeah. I want the next generation to just enjoy it, do it, yeah. get what they can out of it. But then at some point they they all need to move on. So yeah. it's a natural, yeah. it's a natural process. And being here, we're actually in Stroud now, which is which Gorgeous. is a fantastic place, which is basically where I, I went to school and I grew up, and I still have a lot of friends from that time here. Um, but Stroud is is really buzzing now. There's a lot of great stuff going on here. I love Stroud. Yes, yeah, so it's a it's a it's a lovely town. You know, not without its issues, not with, as as but everywhere same, has. So, but uh, yeah, exactly. But it but it's it's really got a, a good positive energy and some very. What surprised me is how how much stuff is actually happening here. And once you start meeting a few people, you suddenly realise that a lot of people have actually made that move out of London, out of the big cities, even Birmingham and Bristol. And they've all kind of, they're finding these places. And like Froome is another one where it's just a hotbed of like jazz musicians yeah, now. Yeah. And, and, and that community, that sense of community is actually, you know, really genuinely here. Yeah. Whereas in London, it always feels a bit like sort of dog eat dog. You're trying to get the same gig as the next person and blah, blah, blah. Totally, totally. You and know. also as well, you, you're right. It's like, Things do exist outside London. Oh, big time. Big <laughs> you time. Know, you don't yeah. have to be in London no. anymore. You well, just don't, you know. Well, what amazes me is not far from where I live, um, Damien Hurst, the you know, the artist, has yeah. got an absolutely I think he shares it, but it's a huge workshop, absolutely gigantic, hangar-sized, almost like Pinewood studio size workshop. And you think, wow, you know, and that's just tucked away in the back and you've got you know a globally famous artist is well this is it because got their workshop here you know yeah i mean he wouldn't be able to you know in the bustle and hustle of london be able to create now the way you probably want to you do need that space and yeah. time and peace 
you know, you you just do. I know through through experience, you know, sure. it's just London can just eat you up and it's yeah. just stressful and you just can't you come back and you're like, Oh my god, I just I have to burn sage and just I need to <laughs> just yeah, need yeah. To breathe and lock myself totally. away. Totally, I'm just gonna totally. skip back as well because yeah, I want to know, um, you know, you're saying you were you were brought up on good music. Yeah. And uh, at an early age, you started playing, you know, um, the guitar at 12, the basic 12, yeah, yeah. piano early and the drums, which is just fantastic stuff, this. And mm. then where, how did you become this editor of this great magazine? Well, it's, you know, it, the, the, the great thing that I've, you know, the, the unique sort of path that I've had, I me, mean, obviously, you know, everyone's path is, is their own sort of path. But, you know, I mean, I, I did art college. I came out. I felt like God, I'm you know, while, um, you know, I, I was very technically good at art and I got lots of great things said about my work and stuff, I just didn't feel ready, yeah. uh, you know, my early 20s to really start to sort of put a mirror up to the world and sort of try and say something back, you know, well, mentioning sort of Damien Hurst or something, you know, they, yeah. those are artists that say, make grand statements and, you, you know, can do it and, now, and, though, now you've moved, there's no reason yeah. why not. Well, true, and, and that's you something... Want- I, 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 you know, I've got a few ideas on that, you know. Yeah. But, um, but really, you know, I started to like just get more into. It's funny how things just kind of developed. I, I met a guitarist who was, um, basically had had lived in Oxford, and he happened to be living in Stroud. We ended up playing some gigs together, and he said, "Well, we're moving to Oxford." Um, you know, I was, I didn't know really what to do after art college, if I'm honest. Yeah. And then he said, "Well, we're moving there. Do you want to come and uh, rent a room in in our flat and?" you know and, and and sort of come and see what oxford is all about i did that and 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 you know end up working in a record shop that nice. led on to working you know meeting lots of people that led on to a job on a an early music website um and and again because it was so early in the kind of like the the, the days of the internet becoming a, a widely known thing a lot of the record yeah. labels suddenly were going oh you know the internet we hadn't really thought about that believe yeah. it or not and I got loads of opportunities to basically write about and interview like some of my absolute heroes, you know, people like, wow. you know, Pat Metheny, Michael Brecker, my you God, know, amazing. Herbie Hancock, <gasps> Wayne Shorter, Sonny Herbie Rollins. Hancock, my favourite. You know, it's just like a, a massive, like loads and loads of great people. I mean, but then a few years down the line from that, I ended up working for Time Out as the jazz editor before, before Time Out went, as it became a free sheet, when it was like the proper old time out with the big fat listing section, which yeah. I know like any real music fan probably misses still today. Yeah. Um, you know, time out was just the most amazing publication in London. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But, you know, right. the fact that even though its circulation was dropping, you know, the fact is that you still used to reach about quarter of a million people every, every week. And they would, you know, grab that magazine. They would, you know, like delve into the live listings and if I wrote about a gig, people would go to it and they would and that band would suddenly get an audience. And yeah. it was a very exciting time. For yeah. And I think that's missing, you know? you know, today. It's like, you know, we were I actually miss flyers. Um, mm. I, I really resent having to use um, social media. Sure. Not a fan, not a fan. We we were we were out the other day, me and Mike, and uh, there was an actual flyer on a tree wow. and we both stopped in our tracks and actually oh what's that mm. it's a flyer but we read it 
you know, and yeah. it was a band advertising, you know, where the gig was. And we read, we stopped and we looked at it. And mm. I said, you just don't see that. And I was, I was talking to a, a friend of mine. He's also in radio. Um, and um, he was, he was, feels the same about social media. And, and we were saying, we think it's going to just, it's going to be gone soon. People, I think people will want a certain generation. I think it'd be our generation will want, the old things back and then it'll take like the 11 year olds to go oh this is cool all this retro stuff let's bring it back i'm hoping mm. that anyway yeah i mean it, you know the good thing was with, with stroud they have a they have a really great free sheet that that is very reminiscent of time out it's called good oh, on paper wow. and they and they it's it's so well put together it's beautifully designed yeah. and you know if you subscribe you know obviously you support them but you can pick it up free when you walk around some of the shops here and it's just like got all the listings in and again that's brilliant it's such a kind of like you know it's such a sort of like small thing but it actually works yeah and you know so people that was, want it that's they the do. thing they want they it. want it yeah absolutely but i mean i was i was very lucky with my journalism to actually sort of learn on the job yeah. not only did i through this website that i worked on you know i worked with some very talent really talented writers who helped me with my copy and things but i you know i've, I've got a website which you know websites are a little bit old school but you know it's mike flynn music do you, do you think websites are old school i mean i've got a website as well no i mean, I I mean think... uh, no they're fine honestly I, I still think everyone should if you're a professional you should have a website yeah you've got to have you know. a website no, no, what about definitely, link definitely. tree could have a link tree as well yeah all that all that yeah, sort yeah. Of stuff. but I've, i mean a few of those old interviews are up on my my website purely for you know archival purposes or whatever but yeah um and it's and the website's mikeflynnmusic.co.uk and, you, and yeah. you just go to the interviews on there That's but, do you ever do you want to do you think maybe you could put them on youtube as well or like as well a, funnily or... enough i did do some i mean basically some of the stuff that i i basically did this dot com for a, a few years and then got made redundant typically when the when the company was sold but yeah. one of my um fortuitous sort of links was to really working um as a freelancer for universal music so i yeah. I, I worked as a freelancer for, for them for about 12 years and i wow. worked for three of, three of their big jazz labels yeah so yeah. I, I i worked with a, a fantastic chap who's still a good friend called nathan graves who was he signed um, I know Jamie, Nathan. yeah you know nathan, J, nathan jamie graves. Cullum, i know him. yeah you know and and uh did so much for the music um and still does in in different ways and means um fantastic chap and um big big love to nathan but yeah we we did a lot of work together and no, he's pre, lovely pre-youtube believe it or not he wanted to put up videos of um of interviews of people so i did sort of film interviews with like Wayne Shorter and, and John Schofield and Richard Boner and a few other people. And, you know, wow. we were, we were sort of in the vanguard of doing that sort of stuff. And it was just perhaps a little, we were a little bit too ahead of the curve, yes. you know, with it. But, Sometimes but, that's, if yeah. you're a little bit too ahead of times, it's great when you're, you're in it. And then sometimes it can just go against you and you're a little bit, a bit ahead sometimes. Yeah. It's but annoying. you know i mean I, I like i said i was very lucky to sort of learn on the job so i yeah. i i my my writing was at a decent level and then actually another lovely friend contact julie allison who was um in-house press for universal she actually yeah. recommended me to john newey who was the editor of jazzwise at the time and i just started right. doing a few little bits for them and you know long story short you know I, I did so much uh stuff i've done 
all kinds of things, did a bit of radio production. I, I was a judge on the Mercury Prize for quite a long time, for about eight years. That's brilliant. You're doing the stuff. And and then and then the the you know, when when everything typically in the last recession, we're going into another one now, oh, but in no, the last recession, don't. um, a lot of the freelance work started to dry up and and a full-time job at Jazzwise came up. And it was really like, you know, do you want to come on board as a, as a full time sort of, you know, assistant editor, then deputy editor? Yeah. And um, and that was it, really. I mean, you know, that's I brilliant. Mean, yeah. But you weren't that you weren't those stripes. You definitely yeah. did. You yeah. know, it's not like yeah. you definitely, definitely earned them. Would you think about going into radio as well? Because you, I feel like that could be a natural I would, progression uh, yeah. for you. I would well. I would love to do something. I mean, again, you could have just, a show on Jazz FM would be great. I or, would, or I would, sick music. Yeah, I mean, I would love to You'd do that. that. I mean, I just sort of feel like my taste is, you know, I mean, uh, you know, just being uh, trying to play jazz is, is hard enough, and trying yeah. to trying to maintain that level and stuff. And you know, there's there's always a, a million and one things to be practicing. But but actually, well, we're going to go to talk about your unfurly piano minute, which is excellent. Thank you, thank you. I mean, talking about your playing jazz is brilliant, but we'll go on. Sorry, carry on. We'll no, no, but just, but just that. So you know, from a player's point of view, I always really like, I love and appreciate, you know, the the whole range of like jazz music, and obviously from yeah. the the absolute giants in the past to the contemporary yeah. greats, you know, and then all the up and coming talents. I mean, there's just it's an entire sort of universe of of amazing music and players and everything. So you know to be even just a little bit part of that is is wonderful and i appreciate yeah. that music but i also love all sorts of other music as well yeah and, yeah good and that's so, good yeah and so my you know my taste is very very broad but yeah. it, but it, but but then saying that i have got certain niches that i really love as well which is kind of Same. like electronics and i and, can and see i can feel that, all that sort in of your stuff, album you know? which is which is um some of um some of them some of it is quite out there which i really mm. really like I, I really like um i really like strange weather mm. on your unfurl ep I, I just i like it all actually and oh, it's thanks. it's very it's really unusual um when you're listening to it because it really kind of is progressive jazz as mm. well but yeah, it's definitely. Not, but it's not excuse the phrase wanky do you know what i mean sure absolutely really, well that's good to it, hear do you know what i mean because sometimes when you when sometimes when you do some you know jazzos really go out there and go for it yeah and then i start to feel like it's noise and i and i don't appreciate it but when it's really yeah. progressive but i could listen to your album over and over and again oh, and every time amazing. i listen i hear something different in it yeah, well, I mean, I, I think... It's like watching a film. It's like watching a really good film yeah. where it's quite lots of intricate plot lines and then you get to learn more every time you watch it. And I feel like that's the way with Unfurl. I think it's really... And you've got some excellent players on there as well, like yeah. Alana. She's amazing. Um, yeah, yeah, All yeah. of them are, but I really think it's really, really clever. And you wrote all that. Basically, yeah. I mean, I've, yeah. I've been doing my own stuff for, you know quite a long time now i mean actually released uh, like my first sort of solo uh sort of like album in yeah. 2010 and i and i kind of felt like i just sort of scratched the surface of what i wanted to do yeah and then this is much more kind of up to you know where i am now really with with just just that like you say that mix of there's some strong jazz elements and there's some very yeah. sort of strong soloing and things but 
for me, you know, I love all those textures and those layers. Yeah. And you, you've definitely and, got and, your own signature on that. Do you know what I mean? You're doing yeah. your own thing. And like yeah. you say, you, you, you've touched base on this and on that, and you brought it all together and turned it into your own genre, really. You yeah. Know? It's, it's, I, I mean, brilliant. I think there's, there's, there's other things out there that definitely chime with me i mean i i have to admit i'm a, a huge fan of of a guy called uh square pusher who's really well known oh brilliant yeah, yeah. brilliant brilliant musician yeah who who brilliant. has actually covered such a wide range of music and even though people sort of pigeonhole him a little bit as sort of being this maverick drum and bass jazzy yeah. sort of thing you know his his range of music is really inspiring to me because i feel like i've still got so much more to explore and i'm, I'm sort of working on a live set at the moment that I yeah. want to basically start playing out fairly regularly. But my, my sort of twist on it all is, is leaving gaps for improvisation basically. Yes. So always making Absolutely. sure that while there is a strong theme and there's something you can grab onto that actually then you open it up and you make these spaces that then yeah. can be, be freshly kind of explored every time you play that track. So every time I totally agree. I totally agree because it's it's always something different every time it's performed. Yeah. And you can never capture, you can't ever capture that again. And I think that's the beauty of it. Mm, Sometimes definitely. when you could do something, it's there in the moment. You don't always necessarily remember it the next time or capture it the next time, but that's the beauty of it. That's the beauty yeah. of art. Yeah. You know, and I love that. Well, no, I'm a I'm a big fan of your music, and I've only Thank recently, you. you know, discovered it because I didn't really, you know, we, we wanted to get Jazzwise on the podcast. We didn't realize that, you know, you were this great musician. So it's it's brought so much more to the the interview than you know we we, we yeah. We well, expect. I mean, I'm, I'm, honestly, I really appreciate the feedback. I mean, I basically worked on these tracks over the course of about a year, and actually, yeah. I must give like, a big shout to um, my mate and brilliant mix engineer chris sharkey who is a phenomenal guitarist and education yeah. guy based in 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 and around leeds and he teaches at leeds college of music but he actually did the mix and the mastering on it and you know i definitely want to work with chris again he's oh no it's such brilliant. a talented Defin guy definitely. but i think what i gave him was just the kind of all the colors and all the stuff and then he just helped place it and 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 just kind of get you know the mix is is just such a huge part of of you know the finished recording product you know i mean it is i think a You're lot so of, right i don't yeah. i don't want to um sort of diss any jazz musicians but sometimes you know the focus can be so heavily on the playing and just getting the songs right you don't necessarily go the next day to think well we're producing a recording it's yeah. a listening That's experience yeah, that's it's a great advice actually to give to the someone, mix and, and the master is such a so vital yeah. to uh, to the end result, and that's what makes the the really good stuff jump out is the is the way it's been just mixed yeah. and mastered. It's not about sort of studio trickery. It's just literally getting it right. You know, you go back yeah. to your classic seventies, fantasy or sixties albums. You know that that is just really well recorded, really yeah. well mastered, really well yeah. mixed music. Yeah. And, and I totally get agree that with right. You. Well done, basically. I, you know what? I, I totally agree with you. But also back then, you know, they had the luxury of, you know, recording it live onto True. tape. You know, Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. that to be able to record it onto tape is very expensive now, but also very not many places do that. You know? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, I recorded um, some music onto tape and it is a luxury to do that. And mm. you are right in terms of the of the mixing and, and the blending of it. Because, But how did you feel, you know, when you created something, mm. did you just 
okay, there you go. And you trusted this guy, Chris. You're mm. like, Chris, I'm going to trust you. You didn't want to be in the room going, mm, actually, can you bring that up a little bit? Oh, can it's, you bring that down? You yeah, it's feel- a good point. Yeah, it's, it's, it's difficult. Isn't it? I mean, I think you obviously have to find the right people to work with. Yeah, and that's yeah. not always easy. I think Chris, I sent him the, the tracks that I just done a rough mix on. I mean, everything as you hear it on those tracks, is exactly yeah. what I play. Nothing has been altered by him, yeah. but it's oh, but then it's about, important. so all the fundamentals were there, all the performances were there, all the yeah. drums and the synths and everything that I sent him is just that, you know, it, you know, what you hear is what I created and what, you know, the brilliant performances of Jay Phelps, Nick Walters, yeah. Rebecca Nash, Lena and Aunt Law all just played amazing stuff on there. Yeah, you can tell. The thing is, I think you can always tell when things have been messed with. It's the same with we've just um, made this Christmas. I'll come mm. back to that and read a Christmas album. And, you know, we, we, it was my dream to, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to record in Abbey Road. It was just mm. a dream. And we also did it in Dean Street Studio and, Brilliant. um, we both great studios, but it's, we, we recorded live and, you know, there's, there's a few little faults on there. And I, I'd rather have the faults. Oh, sure, than be than it being messed with. You know, I think totally. it's really important to 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 keep that um, that energy there. And, it, it, and, and you know, I left some mistakes in on on this because I just thought, you know what, it's, it's I'm important. gonna I I have a little rule that I didn't see any I, mistakes, but, <laughs> but you know, when I'm recording at home, I tend mm. to I am, you know you know i try to just basically keep that fresh energy and it's very difficult because obviously if you are you know part of these tracks was coming out of covid and yeah you know and um and alina actually on the harp was the first real the first part of it really was was with alina and she's and, ukrainian isn't she yeah, yeah. absolutely and she she was just like you know i'd love to do something i sent her the thing she sent me it back yeah and and this is the amazing thing is that that, that sort of energy came through on every one of the the, the parts i got back yeah and, yeah and and my own rule of thumb is that you know if i play something and i'm kind of happy with it even if it's a little bit i'm where i, I just I, I almost just go you know what it, it, that's good enough for me that that's yeah. fine i it's like playing a gig you know you, you feel the energy you do do your thing and if it wasn't 110 percent perfect it doesn't matter i agree i'd rather have that feel you know, th- there's a famous Dizzy Gillespie quote. I don't know when he said it, but it's yeah. like, don't don't let a few wrong mo- notes get in the way of a good vibing solo. You it's know? so true because also as well, if you have to repeat something, you yes. just lose that vibe. You know, sense. you just you just lose the vibe, and it, and it, then it doesn't interest me at all. It is about being in the moment, and I think that's really important and great advice to give anybody who's going to be doing some recording is. Don't worry about, you know, if you make those little mistakes because that adds to the charm. Yes. You know, it's better to do that than mess with it electronically. You know, I'm not into all that tuning rubbish either. Forget all no, that. No, no, exactly. Or or to keep on doing it and where you lose that that um, energy and that organic spontaneity, which is just just really, really important. Definitely. So going back to what you said earlier, which was I thought was interesting when you mm. kind of said, you know, I'm going to, I'll let the younger people come through and it's time to move on from certain things. I'm going to disagree with you there because when you, you're excellent and, and that, that would make me feel sad if mm. you thought, oh, I'm not going to 
make oh any no money i mean i think it's now. More i'm not about... going to do any more gigs now oh, no, you know no, no. it's like it's more about it's more about london as a as a space to perform in because right, okay i do feel that i mean you know i've actually you know my plan now really in stroud is is um is to start my own night here yes which, do, which it, be, do it should be more sort of like you know would be that sort of electronic jazz sort yeah. of stuff yeah but with you know live players and yeah. and guests and djs and that sort of thing and and i think this is a perfect spot for it yeah and i'm also looking to start potentially putting on gigs as well actually developing a a sort of live programming sort of strand here as well in Stroud. right get and, a whole scene going get it like you know yeah. like um like um parts of chicago you know get yeah get, why not do that exactly and, and Stroud already has a, you know Ooh. kind of a, a penchant for you know that sort of stuff there is yeah. there are people here that are really into that and and also there's you know there's folk musicians electronic musicians jazz musicians uh you know all sorts of really really excellent people like in birmingham bristol cheltenham stroud yeah you know um people come up from london as well all the time so you know I, i'm really excited about that i feel that you know the london thing has changed a lot and, and i think yes, it's basically it well, we've come out of covid um i've been talking with this uh, about this with with friends recently and there's a mm. lot of you know maybe 10 15 years ago there were a lot of collectives around there was like a sort of real a collective energy people would pull together they would do these labels like fire collective or yeah Leaf collective yep and they would and they would sort of like there were scenes that kind of developed and lots of bands came out of them I agree. and and you know there was there's lots of really cool stuff going on there's lots of stuff going on now that's very cool but it tends to be you know, and I see this from the jazz wise side as well. People, people really focusing on their own projects, and and not a lot of cross pollination. Even well, though... do you feel that's also because because of the pandemic and now because of the recession that these smaller grassroots venues are just don't have the funding? Yeah, so they're no, closing. I... So you're not. So the big establishments like the Ronnies and all them, they're all going to be okay. Sure. And but that doesn't necessarily they don't develop there you don't get developing great acts and performers and musicians in places like that you need the you need the grassroots you need the fringe where ideas and thoughts and you know talent really um um what's the word i'm looking for um something begin with p but anyway it really develops and you know manifests and that's, um, the, that's the problem. There's so many places that have closed and people can't afford it as well. They yeah. just can't afford to be doing that now. And Totally. I mean, I think there's, you know, obviously there's this sort of systemic sort of thing with, yeah. you know, underfunding of the arts yeah. in the UK. I mean, oh, that's God, just yeah. kind of, yeah. you know, it's, it's at the root of a lot of things. And, you know, there is that sort of, I mean, obviously for every venue that closes and that's terrible something yeah. else does start up but it's but it's a question of like there's no guarantee of that and so obviously any person that you know any venue that does close it's like well what's going to replace it and well you know and and all this sort of stuff so you know in a in i, I see other things sort of popping up here and there like new new nights starting oh this is happening yeah. this something so there are there are new things coming through. Well, you but, know, art will the, prevail. You know, it, it will. just will. It, it will. just will. It Even will. if we have to perform on the streets, you know, we live because sure. um, we, we've got our little dog Billy. We lived not far from just by Hampstead Heath, and mm. during the pandemic, people were 
busking and playing yeah. and and it was really amazing you know to see and to and yeah. to feel and to experience because art will prevail and we have to do it on the streets you know i, I my background is acting as well you know i come yeah. from an actor's background and as well as music and you know we started off street theater you know it's, we have to well, do exactly. that again let's do it yeah, I mean, I, you know, and from, you know, from Jazzwise's point of view, you know, we never see a drop in the amount of, you know, albums that keep coming into us. Absolutely. So clearly yeah. people, uh, you know, the audiences, the bands, the musicians, yeah. there is so much passion, so much demand for for art, for music. It is, of course it there is. is. What, it's just harder though now, Mike. That's the only it, problem. It's, it's much harder. Yes, it's harder. I agree. And yeah. no funding, and it can be soul destroying. You oh, know, totally. I've got so most of my friends, you know, are artists in one way or the other, and it's a massive struggle. You know, included, it, you know, including myself. You know, it's been a, a, you know, it's a struggle. It's a struggle. It's a struggle. Yeah. And it just did never felt as much as a struggle. That's all. And it can yeah. be quite bleak knowing, well, what the fuck is the government going to be doing now? You know, we're not yeah. going to take I, I this away agree from more. Us. I mean, it, it, it really bleak. is, and, and, and I sort of feel like um yeah I, I don't know i don't really have any sort of like you know apart from the obvious things of like well you know let's let's sort of see the value of yeah. of music as part of our society and Absolutely. actually invest in it because yeah the good that it does every pound spent on art you know generates you know four or five pounds in returns whatever yeah. it the the actual figure is i'm not sure but it is something like that where any investment is is comes back four or five times over yeah um for whatever is invested in art yeah and i just i feel like I it, you know well yes of course we need a new government we need to get rid yeah. of this lot you know but the the <laughs> that of, easy <laughs> yeah i know exactly well yeah. hopefully next election and, please, and everyone stop buying fucking bitcoins buy some art buy some music yeah, that's where I we mean, need to be invested well i mean bitcoin. i think even they've even they've sort of gone bust recently yeah you know but yeah. um yeah i i just feel like it, it it needs a, like a kind of root and branch reform really and just yeah. and just make make funding a lot easier for for people that the amount of i mean i realized you can you know you've got to be careful of fraud and yeah you've got to like fund things that are genuinely you know kind of gonna you know they're, they're actually going to come to fruition so you've got yeah. to put a lot of checks and balances in place i understand that mm. but at the same time that the hoops a lot of people have got to jump through you know it's it's so much diff more you know it's sort of challenging to yeah. uh, to do all this stuff now oh it's um, so it's so is it's so yeah, is but... i mean I, I, I just i just hope that you know in in five or ten years time that that the uk arts is is kind of like weather weathered yet another storm and it and comes out of it just that little bit stronger perhaps but i mean who knows it, it's it, we're all going to face some very difficult times in the next couple of years I think. yeah so, we are but you know. the, the great thing is and, and we're fortunate being creative people and I, you know i think the mm. advice to give anyone is just to be as creative as productive as much as you can through the hard times definitely just, yeah just got to keep going now when's your next gig so again going back to what you said when you said oh i want to you know uh, make room for younger people because you because you're still young you know mike i've got to just yes. point that out to you yeah right? yeah true you're true. still very young uh, yeah. but I, I hear what you're saying and, and it's great to be supportive of very young artists coming through sure, sure, absolutely but also as an older artist you have 
you have more experience, you have more to say, and that yeah. should be celebrated. Oh, definitely. That, yeah. that has to be celebrated, you know, when you have, yeah. you, you, you've got all those years of experience, which you can then pass on, because there'll be lots of younger artists looking up to you, sure. um, going, wow, look at his style on the bass there, look at his, you know, I, I want to, that's amazing, because, and you, you've been able to hone that in, not yeah. just through um, being technical, but mm. by instinct, and emotion sure. and by the lessons definitely. that life have given you and yeah, that is yeah, so definitely. important as an older artist yeah, yeah, to definitely. be able to do that and so you should definitely. be pat, pat yourself on the back and be proud oh, of that well. and never never stop you know oh no i mean i'll be playing stop. when i you know can barely pick up the bass I'll that's be like, oh. that's ex exactly that's yeah. you know that's yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's really 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 important and uh yeah i mean i'm i'm working on some gigs i mean there's you yeah. know there are some fantastic venues in Stroud and basically yeah. you know I think I'm really looking at um sort of like the new year sort of trying to get a monthly sort of residency going at this yeah at the, well, we'll at come Str we'll come as watch yeah I'll I'll yeah. keep you posted you know 100%. Stroud Valley Arts SVA Studios is, is yeah. where it'll be happening and yeah and I and I you know I mean yeah what I mean I'm, I'm really but would you perform like um your you know get the guys together and perform your album your EPs? Well, mm -hmm. yeah, could be a great one to do. You could perform um all of your um EPs and albums across. Yeah. You know, that would be amazing to do that. Yeah, I mean that's that is the basis of the live set. So there's, yeah, you know, three of the songs from that are in there, and there's a whole bunch of new stuff as well. So yeah, I mean, I'm really, I'm really sort of you know. The time that I've had in between working and all that, I've actually been sort of preparing a lot of this stuff for, for live performance. Amazing. And yeah, and I'm I'm definitely gonna do it. I think I was doing a really fantastic band in London for about seven or eight years called J Sonics. And we, we yes. played all the all the gigs and did Ronnie's and the Six and Pizza wow. Express, yeah. you know, Canary Wharf Jazz Festival, London Jazz Festival. We, you oh, know, we wow. Did, we, oh. did, we did like dozens and dozens of gigs over that time. And, it was, and would you not to still do that, though? You could still Well, do... again, COVID, you know, running a seven-piece band, you know, in the pandemic was pretty, like, you couldn't really do that. No, you couldn't and do then, the pandemic, no. And then, you know, really coming out of it, everyone's looking to book duos and trios and of course. quartets, uh, yep. social distancing. Yeah. And, yep. and then really, to be honest, I think, it you know running a band is such a commitment it's such a lot of work and i actually was True. a band leader and i did all that work True. and and you know i love all those guys so much we had some brilliant times but it's kind of like we all live in different places now you know i'm not yeah. the only one that's not in london anymore so again it's quite tricky and i feel like some sometimes a project had it has its moment yeah. you know and then sometimes it's time to move on i mean i'd always jump at the chance to do some more gigs with them yep. but at the same time i now live in stroud yeah so again it's it's you know I, I just feel like i you know i have to manage my time you know i've got i've got a couple of kids and a, a wonderful yep. wife and i'm you know definitely don't want to neglect any of them as well no, as, absolutely as, not as doing but, everything else you know but you know so with your next writings for example mm -hmm. like saying and it's true most you see a lot of things now are duos trios yeah um, i think that'll go for a while as well not just because well because we come out of the pandemic and that's what happened because mm. social distancing because people don't have the funds yeah you know, with the cost of living going Absolutely, up the prices yeah. so they can't afford you know sort of yeah, you know big totally. bands right now totally, really totally, yeah. so you could do for example you could still do a trio what oh sure do. yeah and, the, you the, know 
the lovely thing with it is it is completely scalable. So, I mean, obviously, yeah. if there were two horn players who were available, great. Yeah. I can put them both on the gig. I can add a percussionist in. I can add a guitarist in and a keyboard player. Yeah. You know I mean, so the whole thing could be a much bigger thing yeah. or it could be literally a duo yeah. and it would still sound great of so course I, it would absolutely yeah. and I'm, absolutely. I'm lucky there's a there's a lovely chap here who actually i used to do gigs with about 10 years ago in london yeah. called he's a really great trumpeter called rowan porteous who's who lives in stroud now and um oh that's handy so, so exactly so it's like it's handy like old, it's like the old mates here and he's yeah. a fabulous player and uh, we've recorded before and played gigs and stuff so Again, you know, it's just those sort of things. It's like, great, this is a new opportunity. I'm definitely going to do that. And, you know, we'll see what happens. I mean, we've only just arrived in the summer and there's there's been so much going on uh, yeah. since that it's really now time to, you know, just, just get through Christmas, have a nice kind yeah. of relax. And then, yeah. you know, the new year, while there is a lot of challenge and, you know, scary times and all this, I also feel like quite optimistic, weirdly, about, you know, I know what you mean. I've got that feeling, actually. And things it, and like, actually, you know, we, we, we're getting through this stuff, you know? Yeah. But do you feel, when you say you feel more op still op optimistic, I feel a little bit like that. Is it because we've yeah. got that little fire in our belly going, right, it's going to be grim. So, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to be creative. So, it gives you yeah. also optimistic in the sense that it might give us yeah. a little bit of room if there are. You know, like the pandemic did, it gave us a bit of room to breathe in a way. And do you feel, you know, if there are going to be like power cuts and this and that, yeah, that we're all going to be stuck at home, we can't do anything. It kind of forces you to slow down. So it gives you a little bit of room. So I get opt I get kind of a tiny little bit excited about things like that. Because yeah, I think, I mean, okay, I think I'll just go and, you know, write something or make something. Yeah, and I think it kind of, you know, for me, it goes back to like, obviously... I was in London for quite a long time and I felt like I always had everything on my doorstep in London. You know, I could just go here, go there, do this, do that. And and it was great. But but then the, the sort of psychology of London is that, you know, you should never stay still. You should always just oh, keep blah, blah, blah. You're, you're, on the, you're on the hamster wheel, effectively. I know. And, and I feel like coming away from that and getting a little bit of perspective from it has actually enabled me to, to, to then just see things in the round a bit more and actually see, well, look, there's so much stuff going on here. And yes, there are, there are actually local charities here that are really helping really needy people. Yeah. And actually there are, there are sort of, you know, that sort of communities, that strength of that community is here. And that's why I'm a little bit more optimistic because as soon as I start talking to someone here they start going oh well i know this person and we could you know, speak to them and then we could get this gig and then you know almost suddenly better, the ideas really. the ideas start flowing again that's right rather that's than right. oh no we're booked up for six months oh yeah because um, yeah. we want a bit more of that can you just just do that again and what sort of thing you know it's sort of like instead of being shut off and you know a bit kind of like stuck and just going around the same stuff again and again and again there's new opportunities out there. No, I totally, um, I totally hear what you're saying. You're absolutely right. I remember yeah. a farmer actually said to me once, a farmer, I said, why do you always burn the grass? You know, these set grass fields yes, on fire. Yes, of course, yeah. I go, why do you do that? And they said, well, because it takes three years to, to 
help to help the soil but what happens they do that so it oh, i can't remember his actually the scientific words that he used now but it's basically to help it sow the seeds and, yes of course and to regroup and to yeah. rebuild and make better soil sure and better yeah, grass but yeah, it takes yeah. three years so those three years that whole field's been burnt so it takes three years for that to come back into fruition and i think yeah. as humans we should be doing that a little bit and just yeah. to give ourselves some time you know there's nothing yeah, wrong I, with state standing no, still and breathing we don't always have to keep going da, 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 da. and i think you know moving out of london it does give you that opportunity it's a great it's great it's a great move it's a great yeah move. no no it, it, i mean you know it, i think the city you know being in a city is is wonderful and it's really exciting and i and i've done that and i've absolutely loved it and I, I still love london yeah you know and i've still got so many great memories of london but yeah i've just reached that point where it's time for a bit of a change and, and just start doing some new things and yeah and, you know and, and i'm looking forward to your next ep or album yeah, I mean, and your next art your art pieces that's what you know i i was having a thought yesterday that actually i'd really like to start getting into a bit more sort of either filmmaking or photography would be yeah the two things that I'd actually really like to kind of explore a little bit. Do more some of. art films. Yeah. Do well, some... kind of like, start making my own little videos to go with some of the music, you know, yeah. that'd be, that'd be cool. Something a bit more creative. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm so into nature. I love nature and I'm, you know, being close to, or, you know, within the Cotswolds, you know, yeah. within, you know, a short walk of being surrounded by trees and, and yeah. meadows and, wildlife and all that kind of lovely kind of like uh stuff you know is for me nurturing it, just, it's, it really just feeds me and you know, I agree. It makes me feel good and so that i'm from up that, north and and i yeah. from i'm up north and had to walk to school through loads of fields you yeah know, where you pick blackberries and it's great and and you, when you have that you take that for granted you know and it's totally. it, but you feel great and energized and so we live right by the heath and we have yeah. to but we're there every day and it doesn't matter what you're going through or whatever but you feel at some point you don't feel like you're in that busy london that no busy i mean london we were so town. lucky in 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 south london in, in near brixton with brockwell yeah. park i mean yes that, brockwell that park, park is beautiful is so good and you know really really was like in covid especially was just yeah. such a, a lifesaver just to be able to walk around it and and all that so i've always I'd had love that to be close at hand but it's kind of like stroud is like you know that bit better just because it's 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 the country now we were saying we might we'd love to we'd love to live somewhere like shroud shroud would i'd absolutely i'd just love it it's just yeah. really really beautiful so mikey flynn do you like being called mikey flynn or mike my friend Maud Milton yeah. in Walthamstow is probably any person who calls me Mikey. Yeah. Um, but well, I've known her since I was 15. So it's right. all good. So, um, yeah, Mikey or Mike is yeah. how I, where I go and how I call okay. it. So. so we've got the gorgeous, wonderfully talented Michael, Mikey Flynn. Um, and please check out all his amazing music. He's incredible. And you can go to his Instagram page, which is Mikey Flynn that's right isn't it it's, and he's, it's mike flynn base mike flynn mike mike flynn base or check out his website which is mikeflynn.com and we're looking forward to your next gigs and you'll have all you will have any future gigs up on there won't you mike? yes i'll make sure i'm 
posting it all online yeah. as soon as I know any details. Yeah, definitely. and our producer Mike is a big, huge fan of your music. Oh, and uh, oh, thanks to you both. No, it's incredible. We both are brilliant. Thank you so much. Oh, Pleasure. I'm loving these rum cocktails, Cremante rum, amazing. Ooh. Dark and stormy. You just add a little bit of ginger ale or ginger beer. It is so good. I am getting a little bit tipsy, but I love all the aromas. When you smell that, the nutmeg and the cinnamon. Oh, and the tamarind. Oh, you can smell it. It's beautiful. Love that. Um, now, thanks to the brilliant Mike Flynn. Now, you can find all the links to Mike um, in our show notes. And guys, what can I say? Thanks for listening. You know, you're a great crowd. Really appreciate you tuning in. And um, please rate and review the show wherever you get your podcast, if you, if you fancy it and you've got time. And I'll be seeing you next year. So happy new year. Happy 2023. Cheers. Cheers, everyone. Woo!